Amen. I'm going to take you through a less popular story today out of the Old Testament. Some of you might have heard of it. Some might not have. Last week, I gave you such an obscure story. No one in second service had heard of it. No one. None of y'all. Have y'all been reading your Bible this week? Maybe somebody knows of this one. Also, this is more popular. Mark my words. I want to read the whole chapter before I give my commentary, and I will be then commenting on what is going on with the abortion and pro-life movement, so I will be tying a little bit of that in, so don't think I'm ignoring what's going on. You know, if you're following me on Facebook, I have been commenting quite a bit, but I want to get into this word because I want to read the whole chapter to you and then break down the story. If you're there in 1 Kings chapter 22, can I hear an Amen. Amen. I'm going to read 28 verses. I'm going to do my best to pronounce every name. I actually have them written out here so I don't forget how to pronounce them. And I hope that you'll enjoy this story with me. For three years, there was no war between Aram and Israel. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel. The king of Israel had said to his officials, Don't you know that Ramoth Gilead belongs to us, and yet we are not, or yet we are doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram. So I want to kind of just give a little bit, but I'm not going to preach to help you understand. Israel is divided at this time. One part is known as Israel, another part is known as Judah. Judah has the two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. Israel has the other ten. So they're a divided kingdom. This is after David, then Solomon, and then the split off from Solomon children. Now there's a part of the land that belongs to them, this uh, Ramoth Gilead, it belongs to them, but it's been taken over by these people of Aram, and now the two kings are getting together, talking about how to get it back. Can I hear an amen? Okay, three verses, you all tracking with me. We got a few more to go here. Verse four, so he asked Jehoshaphat, will you go with me to fight against Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel. We don't know his name right here in, in chapter 22. But that is King Ahab. Anybody ever hear of Ahab in the Bible? King Ahab married to Jezebel. Okay, so that's what's going on here. Ahab is that unnamed king of Israel. Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, First seek the counsel of the Lord. Everybody say, First seek the counsel of the Lord. That's wise advice. Let's talk to Jesus about this. Let's hang out with the Lord. Let's get what he has to say. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, Shall I go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? Go, they answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can acquire of? So something about 400 all being in agreement, he thinks a little, little something fishy going on here. I mean, that's, that's generally not what's going to happen. If you get 400 pastors together and agree on something, you put something in the Kool-Aid, okay? Uh, the pastors and people like this are like herding cats, okay? So this guy has just watched the song and dance. Think of like a Las Vegas show, 400 of these prophets. It's all dancing around, you know, the neon lights in the background. Go, go, you got it. And, and this guy's like, hey, is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? Because this seems really fishy. The king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, there is still one prophet through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. This was a contender for today's message title, but I hate him. 
I stuck with mark my words. But somebody say, but I hate him. But I hate him because he never prophesies anything good about me. He always gives me bad news, but always bad. His name is Micaiah, son of Imna or Imla. The king should not say such a thing, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and he said, Bring Micaiah, son of Imla, at once. Dressed in their royal robes. Get the picture here. The kings are all dressed up. Dressed in their royal robes. The king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing floor by the entrance of the gate of Samaria with all the prophets prophesying before them. Now Zedekiah, not the good one, but the bad one. There's a few different people that share this name in the Bible. Now Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, had made iron horns, and he declared, this is what the Lord says, with these you will gore the Armanians until they are destroyed. So now think about this. There's 400 prophets dancing before the kings, telling them that nothing can go wrong. Then one of the main guys makes like a sermon illustration out of iron, makes horns, and he's going around like this. This is what you're going to do, king. You're going to gore your enemies. Everybody get this as like a Las Vegas show. Does you all see this here? It's a bit uh, too much. It's, it's silly. It, you're not supposed to read this and be impressed with this. You're supposed to be feeling, as the other king said, going, what's going on here? Is there a real prophet here? Okay, so this is all happening. Now, the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. All the prophets, all the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. Attack Ramoth Gilead and be victorious, they said, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to them, look, the other prophets, without exception, are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. So you can see, like, the attendant of the Las Vegas show here is like, listen, you're going up next. Don't ruin this. Don't say anything bad. Just say what everybody else is saying. So you can kind of see him with the earpiece on, the microphone. He's been orchestrating the song and dance. There's people going by with the banners. There's the guy with the horns. All of this commotion is going on. It's like, okay, you're next. When you go up there, you better tell them exactly what everybody else is telling them. Now look at what the prophet says here. But Micaiah he said, as surely as the Lord lives, I can only tell, I can only tell him what the Lord tells me. Isn't that a good thing to say? I can only tell, I can tell him only what the Lord has told me. Now look at verse 15. When he arrived, the king asked him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or not? So like, here it is, like, just tell us what we should do. What do you think? Now, notice what this prophet says right here. The prophet says, attack and be victorious. He answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hands. The king said to him, how many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? So if you get the humor here, this guy has gone up and he has just basically said what everybody else is saying because he doesn't want to deal with this king anymore. And the king has to say to him, man, listen, stop lying to me. Don't do this to me again. How many times do I have to tell you? You better tell me what the Lord says. Then Micaiah answered, I saw all Israel scattered 
on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, these people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. Then the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you? He never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad. Do you ever feel like that with your friends talking about heaven and hell issues, right? Didn't I tell you this guy, he doesn't ever tell me anything good. He's, it's always bad. Micaiah, verse 19, continued. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the multitudes of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. This is like a picture from Job as well, the sons of God. These angels are there, both fallen and good ones. And the Lord said, who will entice Ahab, there we get the name, the king of Israel, who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death there? One suggested this and another that, so these angels are going back and forth. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And if you're putting a little bit of Hollywood sound effects, you can almost see this demon coming out from the angels. I will entice him. This is the scene of heaven, okay? By what means, the Lord asked, I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all the prophets, he said. You will succeed in enticing him. Remember, God allowed Satan to do this uh, affliction to Job. God is now allowing this demon to go be a lying spirit to these prophets. You will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. That could have been maybe possibly the third title of today's message. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. Can we say that together on the count of three? One, two, three. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. This is also found in our Bible just as much as John 3.16. I hate him, but I hate him could have been a title. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. That could have been a title, but the title is still coming in this passage, mark my words. Somebody say, mark my words. Thank you. Verse 24, then Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, went up and slapped Micaiah in the face. Which way did the spirit from the Lord go when he went from me to speak to you? So he mocks him, slaps this prophet. Micaiah replied, you will find out on the day you go to hide in an inner room. How will you know the Spirit spoke to me? You're going to go hiding. Verse 26, the king of Israel then ordered, take Micaiah, send him back to Amnon, the ruler of the city, and tell Joash, the king's son, and say, this is what the king says. Put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I return safely. Verse 28, Micaiah declared, if you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added, and let's all say this together, one, two, three, mark my words, all ye people, or all you people. One more time, mark my words, all you people. How many of you, before my long reading today, have heard that story before? Just want to see who I'm speaking to. So, come on, keep hands up. Don't be afraid to keep your hands up in church. So only a few of you. The rest of you have never heard that story or possibly forgotten. This is once again the joy of being a pastor. 
I get to share with you things that you have not yet read in the Bible. Before I do, can I encourage you as a pastor to read your Bible? It's a lot easier as a pastor to preach what you already have read. In other words, each one of us should be making goals all throughout our year to read the Bible in its entirety at least once, at least once in a lifetime to do that. Every year or in, in a year, make a chance to read the Bible at least once. If you've never read the Bible in a year, take your time to do it. And I would then say throughout your life, take years to do that. Now, I've been in the habit of doing it for about maybe the last five or six years. I go through the Bible every single year. Now, I think at least Christians should do it once, if not more than that. And then you can recall these stories, and I can preach them to you. But I think I did a pretty good job reading. How many think I did pretty good? In, in reading class, would I do well? Would I get a good grade? Did you understand the story? Amen. Now I want to preach about this. Mark my words. I want you to think about in our own context what's going on in our culture today. We are in a time where people want to do things and have the blessing of the Lord, but they truly do not want the word of the Lord. Oftentimes, you'll be in, invited to family functions, or you'll be at weddings, or you'll go to your friend's house, and they'll talk about asking them for, uh, they will say, pray for me. They will ask you to pray for them. Maybe someone is sick in their life, maybe a relative, somebody that they care about, and they will ask for prayer. If they're at a wedding, most of the time, still to this day, weddings are done in church. They will want the priest, the pastor, to bless them. Even if uh, people are playing a sport, they'll say, pray for me, I'm going to play this game. Or professional athletes will wear a cross or they'll do something symbolic of their faith. How many have seen still to this day, despite there being a lot of evil, there's still a lot of people who call upon God or want God's help? You ever see that in your culture? Uh, they may not be Christians like you or I. They may not be reading their Bible. They may not be obeying God's commands, but they certainly believe in a God. Majority of Americans still believe in a God, and they think that prayer works. You might be watching one of your favorite movies, and they'll go to the priest for prayer. Rocky went to the priest for prayer. Anybody remember Rocky doing that? It's the first one that came to my mind. Uh, there's other movies where they do the same thing. They ask for prayer. They talk about God. Even in their, their humor, they go to God in prayer. I was watching a movie, The Dilemma, with Vince Vaughn and uh, the guy who was in um, what, House of Wives. Or what was that one? Uh, the guy, the bigger guy. Yes, I think it was House of Wives. Not House of Wives. Um, King of Queens. There we go. And what is his name? Kevin James, yes. And Vince Vaughn is in a tough situation, and there at the bus stop, he prays. Oh, man in the sky, if you can hear me, if you're listening... You see, that's our culture. And what they're doing is they're acting in the sense of, you know, if God is out there, God could help me in this situation. But if you're really going to have a relationship with these people, you're going to talk to them, get into their mindset. If you ask them, do you really want the God of the Bible to be involved in your life, they would say no. In other words, if when Vince Vaughn was there on that bus stop, at that bus stop praying, if I were there as a street witness or street preacher and I started witnessing to Vince Vaughn, do you think he would want the God of the Bible? No. I mean, you don't have to watch too many Vince Vaughn movies to know he generally doesn't play a saint. He plays a sinner. 
In this movie, he was sleeping with someone he wasn't uh, sleeping together with someone he wasn't married to. So if in my preaching to him, I was to say, hey, Vince, do you need some help in life? Can I pray with you? He might say, sure, pray with me. I need some help in life. Hey, you just came at the right time. I'm in this situation. I'm praying. But if I said to him, would you like to know the commands of the Lord? Can I go through the scriptures and teach you to be obedient to God? How many know that would take a whole different role in his life? He would probably say, no, 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 I just want God's help. I don't want to keep God's commands. I just want God's help. What you're looking at here is a scenario just like that. Oprah believes in Jesus. Steve Harvey believes in Jesus. President Biden believes in Jesus. They all say they believe in Jesus. They all say they want God to bless them. But if you went into their lives and said, do you want the word of the Lord? Do you want the scriptures that teach you how to obey the things of God? Most of the time, they reject those things. And so in this story, we see a prophet being called into a very similar situation. These guys want to go to war, get back some land that belongs to them, and they want God's blessing. And after all, if the man in the sky is there, he should want to help them. And so they get some prophets to say what their itching ears want to hear. What does this remind me of in our culture? When you want to hear something positive about what's going on in our culture, get Bishop T.D. Jakes, get Joel Osteen, get them on the TV show. They'll help us all feel positive about the situation. You see, it's that kind of mess that we find ourselves in to where now we can relate to this other guy, to this other prophet who doesn't go with the flow. You see, Christianity is a narrow path. The world is going down a wide path, and on that wide path, you'll find a lot of people in agreement. But if you're following the Word of God, it won't take very long for you to notice you're all by yourself. If not by yourself, you're with the few. And so we can relate to this man, because imagine you being called onto Oprah Winfrey's show right now. As abortion has been overturned in our Supreme Court, kicked back to the states, and there's already 20-plus states going, we're going to abolish it right now. Imagine Oprah, Steve Harvey, Dr. Phil, a late-night talk show, you know, Bill Maher, whatever one you can think of. Jimmy Fallon brings on all of the pastors that are popular and well-liked, and he asks them, well, what do you think about this? And they come on and they say things that kind of make this side happy, the pro-life. And then they say things over here that kind of makes the pro-choice side happy. And so everybody's applauding. There's good things. Maybe, maybe Bishop T.D. Jake says, you know, we need to trust the women and we need to pray for them to make the right decision. Oh, that's amazing, Bishop. Pray for them and teach them to make the right decision. Oh, the wisdom. Because you don't know the struggle of a woman with a baby. And everybody, oh, Bishop. That's right. We don't know the struggle of a woman with a baby. We don't know. And everybody's just clapping. And then Joe Lowstein comes up. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. I just want to tell you Jesus loves you. Well, what about abortion, Joe? I, you, know, I, you know, I don't talk about those things. That's not what I came to talk about. I just want to tell you, you can have a great day. And you, and you can live your best life. And oh, Joe, Joe, you did it again, man. You mean I can live my best life? Yes, you. 
You could almost see all the high fives going on. And then you could see Cynthia Rodan. In the background, the guy with the headset on. Okay, now, Cynthia, you're coming up. When you get up there, I want you to agree with all of them. And what's Cynthia going to do when she's called? She's going to come up there and preach. Come on. See, but don't you feel like in the culture they're setting you up almost to fail? Like they just, they just want you to be the buffoon that they can hate. But why do they call on us? Why do they care? Why are they checking on your Facebook right now, Mariah? I've been following Mariah's Facebook. If you want to be entertained by the folly of the world, follow her Facebook right now. See how her friends are losing their God-given mind underneath her posts. But why do they have to go to her Facebook? You see, these kings... They had their false prophets. Everything was going according to plan. Why not just leave it alone? You already belong to your group, LGBT, STD, pro-abortion group. Just hang out there. You, you, you've got everything you need. Why check out Mariah's page? Why ask Cynthia to the Jimmy Fallon show? Why are they calling on this prophet? You already got your yeses. You've got the song and dance. you got the guy even making a sermon illustration. Brr, brr, you're going to buck him like a bull. And he's just over there entertaining them. Oh, look at this one. Oh, that was amazing. You know, like sometimes I think of the mimes in church, you know. They're doing the miming. They bring in the mime, and he's like spanking the bad guys. You're going to, mm, 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 the bad guy. And, it's, you know, swords going out. And, 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 oh, this is amazing. Maybe a tear's going down somebody's eye, you know. Maybe they do like a brave heart fight or something. And it's, oh, it's touching. Why, why call in the other one? You know that there's something in the heart of even sinners that know something is not right. That's why they troll on our pages. That's why they just can't walk by us. I mean, if you really thought you were right about what you believe, would you get mad at us? No, if, if, if pro-choice was really the way to be and you see me out there preaching pro-life, wouldn't you just pass by and go... Oh, I just feel sorry for you. I'm going to go back and enjoy my day. What would make you lose your mind and start screaming at me? What convicts them so much? When I see people doing things that I disagree with, I just let them be unless I want to have a rational dialogue with, you know, I don't know if anybody has seen that, that new meme that, that goes, you want to argue with me? I can't argue with you. You mad. You big mad. I can't argue with you. You can't argue with me. I'm happy. Somebody's going to see that on TikTok today and be like, Pastor's ahead of the game because half of them didn't know. You mad. You want to argue with me? You big mad. I can't argue with you. I'm happy. You see, if someone wanted to argue with me about two plus two being five, that, could, that couldn't get me mad. I would be like, there's something you're not getting. I, I, I got to help you to see this because it's, it's really four and, and you think it's five. I'm not going to be screaming at them. 
You see, there's something about the conviction of the Holy Spirit inside of sinners that brings them to our church Facebook page, that brings them to your pages, that really wants you to get out and say what you're going to say just so they can get mad with you. But why go through all of that? Because I believe the Lord is using it to convict them. You may be a part of God making others angry. God may use you, look at me everybody, to make people mad. We're not only going to be here as a blessing to all of our friends. Not all of our friends are always going to love us. God might actually say, hey, I want you to go over there and say these things, not as a jerk, not to intentionally cause a problem, but it will cause a problem, and I still want you to go and do it. Are you going to be willing to be a Micaiah? Or are you just going to say, no, I'm not going to do it? Now, what I love about the humor about Micaiah is because he sees everything going on that he just goes along with it and goes, hey, 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 man, everything's going to be amazing. You guys are going to win the war. You're going to be championed all throughout the city. Here's a jolly good fellow. Here's, like, he just tells them that, right? And he walks away. And I wonder, did the Lord tell him to do that? Because he said, I'm only going to say what the Lord says. I wonder if the Lord told him to do that, or was he just being sassy on his own? Either way, I like that. Because... Sometimes I'm arguing with people and I'm just like, what do you want me to say to make you feel happy about yourself right now? Sometimes people just want you to agree with them so they can feel happy about themselves. They're screaming at you. They didn't have to be there. They didn't have to come on your Facebook. And so sometimes you might want to be just like that prophet and say, well, what do you want to hear? Tell me what you want to hear so I can make you happy today. Just to have them think about what they're doing to you because they're not really wanting to dialogue. They want you to be their puppet and just agree with them. So you want me, Joe, to be your puppet and just say something. Just tell me what you want me to say so I can make you happy. Now, of course, we're not really meaning that, but there's a sass in there that says, I, I can see through what you're wanting me to do. So this prophet, he does this, and the kings obviously get humbled by it because they're like, man, you always do this to me. Man, how many times must I tell you, swear on the Lord and tell me now what God really said? And then that's when Micaiah says what God really said. All y'all going to die. How many know that's a true word? Amen. It's going to happen. Read the story. I don't have time to read it all. Y'all going to die. And not only that, you're going to wish you died an early death because it's going to be painful for many of you. And it's going to destroy a lot of innocent people. So go home now. Go home now before this gets bad. And then what do they do? Do they humble themselves? No, the guy who's been doing the horns, the guy who's been like the number one tap dancer, the one that's been performing, comes right over to the prophet of God, slaps him in his mouth, and says, now tell me where the spirit went when it left me to you. Have you ever thought that the Christians of this world would be on your side in a debate with unbelievers? But instead of them getting your back, they slap you in front of the unbeliever? Am I the only one here that's been betrayed by Christians? I remember when I was first a baby Christian preaching the gospel, and there were some people that would come to my outreaches from the youth group, 
And they would say things like, Joe, you're intense. Man, this is, this is intense outreach. I'm not used to this. They thought we were going to go to the inner city and just give out food and tell everybody how awesome they were. But I would give out the groceries, and then I would preach the gospel, and that would include heaven and hell. Matter of fact, the first time I ever got a rag to preach like this, a preacher's rag, was when, then, when I was in Eden Green Project, and a woman saw that I was sweating so much she wouldn't give me a dish towel, and she said, Preacher, you need this. And I said, Oh, that's cool. I didn't know I could have one of those. 20-plus years still carrying a rag around. I know preachers do it for different reasons, but I was given one because I was sweating all the time in her house. But then these Christians that would come with me, they would fight with me. Pastor, you're telling me, or Joe, you're telling me this wasn't pastor. Then Joe, you're telling me that my movies are wrong. Because they would get convicted while I'm preaching to these people. They're like, man, well, I do some of the stuff you're telling them not to do. You're telling me my movies are wrong, my music is wrong. Some of them were sleeping with their girlfriend or boyfriend, and they would get convicted. And I remember there was this one young man that was with me that started it off with me. He had actually went to Bible college for a little bit. And he was in the ministry with me. And I remember calling on him. And I said, bro, tell him this is what the word says. He slapped me right in my face spiritually. Not physically, but spiritually in front of all my friends. I don't agree with you, Joe. I agree with them. You're being too hard. I'm thinking to myself, hold up. I got sinners that I'm preaching to getting mad at me. I've got people on my team now getting mad at me. The one brother that I start with that I thought would have my back now just cold cocked me in front of everybody who's with me. I bet you that's how Micaiah felt that day. He's standing before kings that were supposed to be righteous. He's got prophets around him that are supposed to be holy. He's got the main dude that's supposed to get his back, but instead of getting his back, slaps him right in front of the kings, mocks him. Oftentimes you'll be in a chat debate online, and some Christian will come up and go, oh, just, just say it differently. You're offending them. I've even had Christians on my page write to the sinner that I'm debating with and apologize to them on behalf of me. Oh, I am so sorry, Mike, that Joe is coming at you that way. He doesn't speak for all Christians. Some of us see it differently. Joe, we're praying for you. Pray your hands. Seriously. They'll slap you right in the face. While they're supposed to be getting your back, while they're supposed to be standing alongside of you, while it's supposed to be us versus the world, oftentimes you'll see Christians go right to the world's side. I feel like Micaiah so often when I go out and preach downtown or in the city and I'm out there preaching the gospel and people will walk by and say, I have Jesus. I'm okay. And I think to myself, dear God, have we got to the point where street preaching is so trivial that in our city you could walk by another Christian and say, I'm just too busy. I already got Jesus. Dear Lord, when I run into street preachers, it's like, oh, God bless you. <laughs> Woo! 
we needed you here a long time ago, but you're here now. God bless you. How can I serve you? How can I help you? I thank God for those who are like that. Not once, but more than once. I've been out preaching, and total strangers have run up to me. Bottles of water, hot chocolate milk from, you know, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Put it right in my hand. Just had to bless you with this Christian. God bless you. I'm a Christian. I got to get going. But I had to stop and get this for you. The Bible says those who give a cup of cold water to someone in his name receive a prophet's reward. May I encourage you, even if you are busy, even if you can't have a conversation, if you ever see somebody preaching the real gospel, not a Mormon on a bike or a Jehovah Witness, but I'm talking about a real preacher, would you stop and say, God bless you, grace and peace. I'm praying for you. High five them. Make sure that you let them know they are not standing there alone, that God is with them. Micaiah had a word of destruction, and destruction came. And I think right now that if we as America do not take the time that God has given us for repentance, repentance over racism and injustice, repentance over aborting our children, repentance over violence in our city, repentance over corruption in our government, if we do not take this opportunity of reprieve and mercy from God, I am afraid we will only have a word of judgment to give this city. This will be it. All we'll have left to tell them is you are going to die and be destroyed and the innocent will suffer. But I thank God right now that we have a word more than just judgment to give this nation and to give this city. We have a word of life and adoption towards the children that once were going to be aborted. We now have a word of programs for our children and youth groups for our young adults to give them another chance so that the streets don't get them. We have a word of freedom and deliverance and sexual purity to the gender confused, to the homosexual and the lesbian. We have a word of sobriety and a word of transformation to the attic and the pill popper. We have a word of hope to the depressed, of peace to the anxious. We have a word that can cut through the bone and the marrow, that can cut through the intentions of their heart and get right to where it matters most. But we have to be willing to stand up and say something. Because if we don't, we're going to fall for the lies of the enemy in that spirit of deception. Because just as there was a spirit to deceive the people back then, don't you think there's spirits now sent to deceive us? I'll go to Chicago. Don't you think there's some spirit over this city right now that says, I'll deceive the pastors? I went to one of my favorite pastor's post. I have not yet been given permission to name his name here with an open rebuke, but he's getting close. I went to my favorite pastor's page this week to see what he wrote about Roe v. Wade, my favorite pastor in this city. And you know what he said? There's two sides to the issue. Some of you are happy, others of you are sad. Those who are sad about the judgment and the ruling, 
should find their peace and happiness in God. Those who are excited and happy should not be proud and overly rejoicing. Let us find a way to all get along, in other words. This is my favorite pastor. I preached in his church before he was the big something he is now. And I wrote underneath his post, man of God, thank you for all you've done in this city. But I was expecting more from you in this post. Would you please clarify your position so we can know what side you are on? I told my wife about it because she knows about how much love and honor and respect I have for this person. You know I name names here all the time, and I tell you God hasn't let me name this person's name yet. And when my wife went to check the post, it was deleted. It was deleted. He knows me. We used to have numbers. I used to preach right behind his pulpit. He said that our church could join his movement and put his name above our building and use his resources. That's how close we used to be. Now he deleted a post from me asking him to clarify his position. I feel like Micaiah. I feel like I'm alone. I know you're here with me, but I'm talking about looking for pastors. I know we have Pastor Kenny down the road, but it's, it's not enough. We need more. And I want to tell you, if I feel this, man, what do you feel? Like I said, I've been looking at some of your Facebooks. You got like one love, one heart, 15 laughing emojis, because that's all they do is know how to act like clowns on your posts. But I want to tell you, you're not alone. God is with you. God is standing by his word. Micaiah did not come that day to give the word of Micaiah. He was not speaking out of Deuterectomy. He was speaking out of Deuteronomy, the word of God. Amen. And God stood by Micaiah. And yes, the destruction came. But you think that destruction made Micaiah feel good? Well, I'm right now. How does this serve you to be wrong? I'm sure Micaiah felt like how I feel today. I know I'm right about abortion, but I feel so much pain for those who want to fight and argue about murdering their children. How is that what gets you emotional? They're weeping, Andre, because they can't murder their children. They're throwing temper tantrums on our streets because they can't murder innocent babies. They're angry. What spirit must be in them? Must be the spirit of murder. And yet you and I, we're called to say something. Where did it put Micaiah as right as he was? As the destruction came, he's in prison. He's locked up. I feel like they put me not only in Facebook jail, but I, put, I believe they put me in social jail. They don't want me in their society anymore. 
They don't want us to teach them two genders. They don't want us to teach them that only God ordained sex in marriage. They don't want us to teach them about how young people shouldn't take the name of the Lord in vain. They don't want us to teach them to not covet. They want to be a filthy, perverse, blaspheming, murdering generation. But you're going to preach? Or are you going to let deception take the day? Because you know what they knew that day when Micaiah was there? They knew a man of God was there. See, that's the thing that I want to stand out to you today. And I want it to be what we know in our hearts is what we live for. That a man of God or a woman of God is among them. You see, they knew one thing about Micaiah. He wasn't like the 400 others. They may not have agreed with him. They may not have listened to him. But they knew one thing about this man. He's not like the rest. I can just imagine one day, Mayor Heavyfoot, I mean Lightfoot, because she likes to put her pressure on people. I could just imagine one day something going wrong in the city, and she's like, man, how are we going to solve this problem? And then they bring together all of the who's who of the police department, of the education department, of all the aldermen, and they all say the same thing, tax the rich, give more of police here, and do all this and that. And I can just imagine that going on. And her looking at them going... Man, there's got to be somebody here that got their own brain and can give me a new idea. And I could just imagine somebody from somebody to somebody who knows about us and says, Hey, man, there's a pastor in your city. His name is Joe Irostic. Oh, is he the one that I had to tweet about during COVID? Tell him to shut the doors. Is that the one I kept sending those letters to that I was going to take down the church like I could take, off or take down a crack house? Yeah, that's the one. Well, hey, I hate him. I hate that dude. Bring me Bishop Meeks. Bring me this one. Don't bring me that one. But I could hear eventually somebody say, well, he'll at least tell you something you haven't heard before. Come on. Could you imagine me being brought into that meeting? Here comes your pastor. Don't blow it, Pastor. Don't make us all look bad because they know I go to this church. They already think I'm a cult. Come on. And maybe I would be tempted to be sassy. Or would they tell you, Mayor, oh, we need to hire more police, you know, tax the rich and put more after-school programs in. Do it. Everything will be great. Later. Man of God, where are you going? Don't you lie to me. Tell me what the word of the Lord said. Here's what God said. And I would hope I would be ready. The Lord said, we have defiled this city with our corruption. We have defiled this city with our perversion, starting with you and that woman you call a wife. We have defiled our city with these abortion clinics. They're not planned, mar- they're not planned parenthood places. They're planned murderhood places. And they don't belong in our hood. Come on, somebody. What are you going to do when someone says, hey, we've been asking all the cousins and all the aunts what to do, but we thought about asking you. We know you're crazy, but just tell us what you think we should do about this situation. What are you going to do? I pray that when you're called on, you speak the word. 
Now, y'all may not want to hear this, but the first problem is this is a girl, not a boy. That's how we get this thing straight. I'm not calling this one by a different name. That's, I know who this one is because every time I talk to you, y'all tell me you have a cousin or somebody that's doing this lifestyle, and it makes it hard for you. You ought not to be afraid to say that to your family. I'm not calling the dude by the girl name or the girl by the dude name. I'm, I'm sorry. First, we're straightening that out. Second thing is, most of y'all going to hell. You're just going to hell. Let me just tell you right now. You're not going to heaven. You're not right with the God of the Bible. And don't say don't judge me because you're judging me when you say that. I got the word. I got the judge on my side. He's judging you, and you ought to have the hell scared out of you. Amen? And now I'm going to tell you a thing or two, but you, you better be ready because here it is. I want us in our culture to be the ones that stand out. And when you do stand out, not to feel like you're doing something wrong. Because that's what we get from this story, is that doing the right thing oftentimes feels like the wrong thing because so many people are doing the wrong thing. The Bible said it like this. There'll come a time when they'll call evil good and good evil. And you'll feel like you're confused. You'll feel like you have done something wrong. But really, stand on the word of the Lord because you're doing something right. Amen? Amen. Let me give you one more scripture before we go. Maybe two if you got some time. How many got some time? A few of you? Amen. Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. Say, I won't be deceived. Amen. There's a spirit of deception that's coming upon this land that's going to get even worse. Right now, we have to bring forth revival to give people the opportunity to get onto the ark of God. But the storm is still coming, saints. We've read the end of the book, and it doesn't end with lollipops and cotton candy and everybody hanging out singing kumbaya. It ends with the Antichrist coming, the world joining, joining together, the mark of the beast, making a one-world system, and all those who don't get in with that plan being uh, beheaded or at least in jailed and imprisoned. Do I think Christians get raptured out of there? Yes. I am what they call a pre-tribulation rapture a preacher. That means I believe before the tribulation, we get raptured. We get delivered. Can I hear an amen for that? If you don't believe it, I'm praying that uh, I'm right and you're wrong, okay? Because if we're going through it, it's going to be really tough, but I know God's still able, but I'm, but I'm praying I'm right and you're wrong, okay? Some people say, like, we're going through it. Man, if we go through it, heaven's going to be empty. Because you read Revelation. There's not many of us that make it through that. Some of y'all are like, man, uh, I, I think I can make it. I don't know if you're going to make it. Some of y'all don't even come to church right now if you got laundry. You think you're making it through the tribulation? <laughs> Pastor, I'll be fine. No, I'm not sure you'll be fine. You better pray that the rapture comes. Amen? Some of you are like, I'm going to lead my family in Bible study. I'm going to get them all right then. I wouldn't even let you lead your family to the drinking fountain right now. You're so lost, you don't know which way is up and which way down. You think during the time of the Antichrist. Come on, think about this. Some of you think during that time of the Antichrist, you're going to stand up and be a hero for Jesus? Come on, show me something now at least, right? At least show me you go to the outreach now. At least show me you go to the Bible study now, amen, before they put your, your, your name on the screen as the most wanted in our city. I don't want to discourage you. I'm just saying I'm being real. Somebody say he keeps it real. Amen. I'm a word of faith preacher, but some of y'all don't have faith. You don't have the word, so you better get right. Amen. And I even say that towards my pastor friends because COVID showed some of them they were just cowards. Now, once again, I don't deny what COVID was. Maybe some had some uh, issues that they had to take care of, be wise, be smart. I, I get all of that. But some of them just tucked their tail and ran and didn't look back. And, like, the people are like, hey, it's all right. No, we still closed. It's all right. You can come back. No, no, I ain't coming back. We shutting the whole thing down. Okay. Well, I guess we found out what was in your heart then, you know, because it wasn't really COVID. It was cowardice. Can I hear an Amen. 
Look at what the Bible says. 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter uh, 2, verse 9. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. So when we see the end times coming and the Antichrist rising, I believe the Christian will be here for this. It's going to work a certain way. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. If you think it's hard now to serve Jesus, what do you think it's going to be like when the Antichrist has the likability of Joel Osteen, the power of the presidency like Barack Obama, and the signs and wonders like David Blaine or Chris Angel? What do you think people are going to do then? They're going to get that tattoo quick. That mark of the beast, they're going to get it quick. You won't even have to threaten some people. They'll be like, man, I'm following you. You're nice, you're powerful, and you can do magic. Oh, man, I'm following you. I'm getting your tattoo right now. Of course I'm doing that. Forget this, Christian. Forget this, church. I'm going to Vegas. Come on. Forget getting persecuted, suffering. I want this to be my life. Man, I want to be like you. That's what the Antichrist is going to be like. You're going to see power. You're going to see deception on display. You're going to see likability. Like the Bible says, when Satan comes, he doesn't come with the pitchforks and horns. That's his joke on us. The Bible says when he comes, he comes as an angel of light. And if these days weren't cut short, he could even deceive the elect. You could be deceived by Satan and thinking you're following God, in other words. You ever heard of Muhammad? Does Muhammad and people who follow Muhammad Islam worship Satan? Like literally, do they say that's Satan? Do they say it's Satan? Allah is Satan. Okay. Now we know it's towards Satanism. It's a spirit. But Muhammad believed it was from God. Who did he call that spirit? Angel Gabriel. Deceived a man that has deceived what, a billion people on our planet. This ain't a joke. That's not a joke. If a person can be deceived by a spirit to which a lie can get a billion people to bow down towards a cube in Mecca, the Kaaba, and then to come and kiss a black stone, have you heard about what they do in their religion? This is not being mean. I'm just telling you what they do. If a demon can confuse a prophet that now one billion people serve, what do you think it's going to be like in the last days? That was a devil's lie of the 600s. What do you think the devil's lie of the 21st century is going to look like? It's going to look like them cutting apart women and calling them men and cutting apart men and calling them women. It's going to be confusing. You won't even know what you're looking at. How many used to have what they called gaydar or something back in the day? You could tell what, you know, they used to have it on Maury Povich. Is this a man or a woman? Anybody ever watch that? I'm not ashamed to admit it. It was on in the dentist. I'm just going to tell you that's where I watched it. Now they would come trancing, you know, prancing down there, transgender and all that. And then you had to guess, are they a man or a woman? Man, you can't even guess half of them now. Deception. Some of them you still can. You're like, man, you got that bootleg surgery, huh? Man, you ain't not even a pretty woman. You're not even a, a strong-looking man. But some of them, man, they'll deceive you. Some of them, there's a case right now. A dude caught a case for murder because he thought he was having sex with a woman. Turned out to be a man. Killed him. Deception. 
What do you think it's going to look like? Virtual reality. Have you seen the Asian Tom Cruise on TikTok? There's an Asian dude that puts on the filter of Tom Cruise, and everybody thinks Tom Cruise is going around town. It's a face filter of Tom Cruise on some Asian dude. And he's got everybody thinking he's Tom Cruise because he does TikToks. And that filter makes him look just like Tom Cruise. Look it up. I'm serious. I'm telling you. They're going to put out all types of lying signs and deception. You won't know what reality is. And they're building towards it right now. They're wanting you to get, you know, like, I get seasick. If you've ever been on a boat, you know what makes people like me seasick is there's no stability. That's why they say look at the horizon. But, man, the horizon moving too, Jack. What am I supposed to do now? Seriously, they're telling me look at the horizon. Well, the horizon going like this. This is what it's going like. And, and, and uh, I, I threw up. I threw up. And, and then they laughed at me, okay? I was in the Bahamas. You know, and they said, you must be from New York. That's how they made fun of me. I said, I'm not from New York. Why do you keep saying that? Because New York, because I kept throwing up. Bahamas, man, we so chill, man. We so chill. I'm throwing up, dude. Look at the, look at the horizon. It's not helping. Okay, you get my point. The people are going to be so off kilter. They're not going to know where the horizon is. They're not going to know up from down. There will be no foundation. Keep reading here. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie in all the ways of wickedness that deceives those who are perishing. Look at this right here. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Why are people perishing? Because they turned away from this. They turned away from the word of God. Now the deception has got them. I can't get seasick if the boat's on shore. But once I leave shore, there's no more foundation. You can't fall for a lie when you're standing for the truth. And right now what we need to do is get more standing on the truth than are in the lie so that we can open up the eyes of this culture and see revival come. Because I don't want to sing the sad song of Micaiah in this generation. I don't think I'm the only one. I don't think I'm just going to be there by myself. I want to see a generation come to know and love Jesus. I want to see 100,000 in Chicago go to Phil Soldier Stadium and praise the Lord. Our best days are still ahead. The worst can be over starting right now. I do believe this is ahead, but I believe before this happens, there can be such a great army, such a terror to the devil, that he's praying for the rapture to come more than we're praying. Jesus, get these Christians out of here so I can deceive the earth. You understand? Because we'll be a terror to his kingdom. They perish because they refused to love the truth and be saved. When did it start? Might have started, like I said, for sexual perversion for some of them. Might have started for greed. Something inside the sinner's heart, and we've all been there, and we know what it's like. It takes us further than we want to go and keeps us longer than we want to stay. Because we loved sin and hated the truth, sin was able to take us on a journey of deception. And what God is saying is there will come a time where they will, know, they will no longer know the truth. Look at what it says. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion, just like it happened during the time of the kings, God will send them a powerful delusion so they will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. Do you want to be a part of that which falls for the lie? Or do you want to be a part of that which does the right thing in truth? Read the rest of the scripture. Now go on down with me, brother. Stand firm. But we, somebody say, but me. Come on, I'm a me and the we. How many got a me and the we here today? Say, but me. 
but me, but I ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because you, cho- you were chosen by God as his first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the what? Belief in the what? Truth. He who called you to do this, is he called you to this through our gospel so that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15, so then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word or by mouth or by letter. Somebody say, mark my words. Mark my words, baby. Jesus is going to keep his word. Mark my words. There's a heaven and a hell. I'm going to heaven with Jesus. Mark my words. He died on the cross for everybody's sin, and to get in, all you got to do is repent. Mark my words that gangbangers can go to being in the church, being elders and deacons. Mark my words that the transgender can get the right gender and now marry and have children. Mark my words that teenagers can get off the streets and start coming to the church and go out there and change the world. Mark my words that corruption can leave our government and that God can raise up leaders with the heart of David. Mark my words that there can be a blessing on our schools where we don't need metal detectors anymore because we got Bibles. Mark my words that there can come a time when our marriages stick together and divorce is a thing of the past. Mark my words where there's no longer abortion, but there's adoption agencies. Mark my words where more young adults get married than live in adultery shacking up. Mark my words, there's going to be a generation that stands firm on the word of the Lord. That's what we're here to do, amen? I believe God's going to raise up a generation of Micaiahs. I don't believe we're going to be the only ones. He said in the last days he'll pour out his spirit on his sons and his daughters. But you got to be willing to put in that work even if you were alone. Amen. Would you stand up and give it up for Jesus today? Come on, let's bless the name of the Lord. That's why we're here. Hallelujah. Band and altar workers, would you come please? Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that our words would be marked in history right now like Micaiah's. That right now the word of the Lord would be marked in this generation over the young and the old, the male and the female, over every community, over everything that looks like it's been taken over by the enemy. Lord, may your words be marked in the hearts of your people right now. Satan, we bind you. We command you to stop this spirit of deception over these people and for the truth to come forth by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I loose the gospel over this city. I loose the preaching of the word of God over the homes and families, corners and communities and parks, businesses and colleges right now in the name of Jesus. Would you pray with me for there to be an awakening of the word of God in this generation as they're praying. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, ask him to forgive you of your sins. Let his words mark you as a saint right now, no longer a sinner. Say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Forgive me. Change me from the inside out and watch what he'll do. God changed my life. November 5th, 1995. He'll do the same for you right now as you're praying. You're more than welcome at any point to come up to these prayer workers to pray with you. But a few moments of prayer in this house before we go. Mark my words. 
the prophet said. Who's going to pray for this city right now? Mark my words. Come on, who's going to speak up and have the voice of a prophet for the word of the Lord to be marked in this city? Mark my words. That gender confusion will go. That instead of lesbianism and bisexuality being popular, that purity is going to be popular again. Mark my words. Who's got a prophetic prayer to pray over this city today? Mark my words that young men, instead of shooting each other and being involved in gangs, are going to build communities and families and transform a nation. Come on, who's going to pray for the different areas of our city with a prophetic unction? Because before you preach it, you got to pray it. We pray it before we preach it in this church. We love preaching on the streets, but before we ever preach it, we pray it few moments in prayer right now. Pray that God will give you boldness. Some of you deal with the fear of man. You, you wouldn't be able to do what Micaiah would do. You would, you know, you would fall for the pressure around you. Ask God to make you strong and baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire right now with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's what made Peter a preacher on Pentecost was the baptism of the Holy Spirit and unction on the inside of him few moments right now, Lord, raise up a generation of prophets like Micaiah. Raise up a generation. Use us to speak to the mountains of this culture, to be moved and thrown into the heart of the sea. We speak to violence, be moved in the name of Jesus from this culture. We speak to corruption, be moved. We speak to abortion. May Chicago and Illinois not be a hub for murder. May this city and this state be pro-life in the name of Jesus. We don't need to lead the Midwest in abortions as well as murders anymore on the streets. We pray for the city of peace to rise here. I pray for Chicago to have a different reputation than it's ever had before in the name of Jesus. A few moments right now can change your trajectory. I'm praying right now like the prophet so that when it's my turn to preach, I'll have courage. Jesus said, pray that you faint not. He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray that you don't fall into temptation. Come on, saints, pray that you don't fall into the temptation of this generation. Pray that you hold on to the word of God. You stand firm. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, mark my words. Mark my words. Mark my words. There's a revival coming to this city. Mark my words in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Prosperity and blessing. Let the anointing break the yoke of the enemy off of this city right now. May pastors rise up and be men of God and women of God again. Oh, Lord, mark my words. May these leaders speak with boldness, unafraid to address the issues of our day. Mark my words. Mark my words. Oh, Lord, start it in us right now. The Lord wants to mark some words in you right now. I sense in my heart that there are some of you here today that when I was talking about the end times, that was you. You're not ready for the end times because you're not, you're not ready for this time. Ask the Lord to get the junk out the trunk. Get compromised out. Ask him to set you on fire like you've never been before. See this now as your chance to get radical for Jesus. No more compromise. No more straddling defense. No more lukewarm in Jesus' name. Mark my words. You'll be happy that you go all in for God. No one's ever, no one's ever regretted getting on fire for Jesus. Mark my words, backslider. 
Your life will never be the same. Never the same in Jesus' name. Never. 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 I speak that prayer over somebody today. Never. If that's you and God's tugging at your heart, let us pray for you right now before you go. Don't be ashamed if it's been pornography or you've been living with a girl or a boy before you're married or you've been slacking on your word. If God's speaking to you, backslider, come back now. Mark my words. God's going to move in your life. God's going to move in your life. I used to be a backslider, but I've slid back to Jesus. I'm not sliding away no more. I have decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me. Let's sing that in closing, please. I still will follow. I have decided to follow my Jesus. Where he goes, I go. What he says, I say. What he do, I do. He said, be like him. I said, yes, Lord. He said, speak my word. I said, yes, Lord. He said, pray like me. I said, yes, Lord. Come on, who wants to be like Jesus today? It's his way. Yahweh. His way. Yahweh. We're following Jesus today. No turning. No turning back. Can we sing that again? I have decided. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to speak up and shout aloud and hold back not. I have decided. I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow my Jesus. Oh, no turning back. I got to go old school. Because if you knew what he did for me, you would follow him like the way I follow him. I said, if you only knew what he did for me, how he set me free, how he set my feet on solid ground, you would know I got no choice but to follow him. I'm so in love with him. There is nothing in comparison to what this world can give. If you only knew what I knew, if you only seen what I've seen, if you've only felt in your heart what I felt in my heart, you wouldn't leave him either. He's the greatest. He's the fairest of 10,000. He's the bright and morning star. He's the El Shaddai. Hallelujah. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. He's Jehovah Shikanu, my righteous. Jehovah Mikadesh, my sanctifier. Hallelujah. He's got me from the front and he's got me from the back. He's my foundation and he's what I look up to. Hallelujah. He's the brightest star in the darkness of the night. He's the fairest of 10,000 when the whole world is ugly. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother because you need him all the time. And when you call on him, he's always there. Have you ever called on Jesus and he said, I'm too busy? Have you ever called on Jesus and he said, let me bring up all the sin I got against you? No, he's always there. I've called on him in my good times. I've called on him in my bad times. That's why I'm always going to follow him because he's always been there for me. I have decided one more time, would you sing it out today? To follow Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Messiah. My good shepherd, the Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah. Yes. 
amazing counselor. Though none go with me. Hey, honey, I want you to go with me. But if you don't go, I still go. Worship team, I want you to go with me. But if you don't go, I got to go. Hey, son, I want you to go to heaven with me. Daughter, I want you to go with me. But if y'all don't go, I'm still going. Would somebody sing it out today, though, none? If daddy don't go, you still go, young people. If mama don't go, you still go. Your pastor don't want them, you still go. Woo! Hallelujah! turning back come on no turning back come on devil lost another one come on come on we'll dismiss right after a song of victory hell lost another one come on can you sing it out hell lost another one If you believe that you're free, would you shout it out? Hell lost another one. Woo! Few more times. Hell. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. Come on. Anybody thankful in the house? We're going to sing it again. But as we get ready, I want you to sing it with us, saints. Don't let the world take your praise. Be happy in Jesus. You pick me up. You pick me up. Be on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank God. Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Whoa. Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. This is what we say to our friends. This is what we say to this culture. Get up out of abortion. Get up out of homosexuality. Get up out of pornography. Perversion. Get up out of it. Get up out of that grave. Get up out of that Whoa. Get up, get up, get up. I 
I'm a 6-2 soldier from Fort Wayne, representing Jesus Christ and his holy name. All my people out there, y'all still in the game, trying to make dope dollars and get your fame. You better get your life straight before it's too late. You're going to find your name upon a graveyard slate. And all my 16-year-old soldiers out there, you better be ready. Hell, the devil, they looking everywhere just to take you out. Boy, like another hit, smoke you up, blow you out, that's it. Are you ready, boy? Are you ready, boy? You better get Jesus Christ. He's the real McCoy. You see, I go downtown. I look around. Everybody want to be down with the pound, pound. Hear the sound, sound of another brother getting beat down in the hood. It ain't good. Jesus Christ knew you could get saved. Who is the man? 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 Jesus, Jesus, I'm a JC soldier and I'm down for life. JC soldier and I'm down for life. I'm a JC soldier and I'm down for life. I'm a JC soldier and I'm down for life.